0: Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold faith community church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith and apply the word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? While you guys are um, dropping in the chat, you know, where you're from, I want to talk to you about the Faith Ignited Retreat. Yes, I'm going to talk to you about it every single week every single time we go live so as a matter of fact be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel be sure you hit the notification button so that you see every time we release a new video every time we stream live i don't want you to miss any of this goodness back to the retreat listen july 14th through the 17th we are going to gather as a community of women of faith they don't have to be bold faith community women they probably will be by the time they leave though cuz we we kind of We're an amazing group of women. We really are, right? Like I absolutely love the women. I have the honor of leading as um, pastor. And so this is an opportunity for us to come together as women of faith who are leaders in other areas of our life. This is an opportunity for you to come and get poured into, for you to let your hair down, for you to not be on, for you not to have to worry about serving or figuring out what people are gonna do or coordinating people. It's a chance for you to just come. It's not a conference. You don't have to be on showing like, oh, I'm this. This is what I do. This is you just get to come as a child of the king. You just get to come as a daughter of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing to be poured into and to have time to reflect after each session. The focus of this um, retreat this year is Forgiven. I wonder how many things we need to forgive ourselves of decisions we've made, things that we've done, um, things that we've been called to do that we didn't do in, in the right season. Or we just feel like maybe we messed up or we're in a situation where we're suffering because of all these things, this is going to be a reminder that you have been forgiven. It's going to give you an opportunity to forgive yourself of the things that you've been blaming yourself for. Because it is that unforgiveness that you harbor against yourself that is keeping you from walking fully in the peace and the joy, abundance and love that God has for you. It's time for that to be over. It's time for the enemy to no longer have control over you in that area of your life so that you can get out here and be exactly who God has called you to be. Do the things that he's called you to do and take possession of every single blessing that he's written your name on Uh, we're going to close the doors in on may 7th so be sure to go ahead and get registered today whether you need a payment plan or you're going to pay in full you want to go ahead and reserve your spot i don't know how many spots are left but i know that this is going to be a small intimate retreat the max 30 women maximum of 30 women all in like, do you understand how amazing that is? If you know anyone who went to the retreat last year, they can attest to how amazing it was. Don't wait around like, oh, I'm thinking about, I'm gonna do it. Some of you missed out last year because you waited to the last minute. Don't do that to yourself again. Go ahead, register, get ready, get on the list, get your name on the list friend and prepare to be hugged on, loved on and poured into for three amazing days. We'll have some fun too, but we're gonna do some crying. So be prepared for that. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Um, if you have questions, you can join, you can drop them in the um chat if you have questions, and I will answer them or somebody from the team will be able to answer those questions for you, even if you're watching the replay. Okay. All right. So listen, we have been studying the book of Acts and we're on chapter five this week. If you are a person who's like, you know what, I really need to be able to have a, um, I need a title. What is this title going to be? Then the title for today is worthy of suffering. I know you don't probably like that title. Don't log off. OK, don't log off. Don't log off. The truth is. We've been suffering anyway. Anybody suffering physically I'm gonna I'm gonna name some things and you can just drop an emoji if you can't if any of this resonates with you. suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your business, on your job, maybe in your community, maybe in your family. there's some you just feel like you've been dealing with this for way longer than you should. You tired of it. You just wish you could get some peace in some area. Somebody else is causing you to suffer. Somebody else is doing something to you or not doing what they should be doing. But there is an area of suffering. Maybe you're suffering silently because of the things that you are dealing with with your children or, um. With your spouse, maybe somebody else, maybe you're a caretaker and you are suffering silently. You are overwhelmed. Maybe you lost someone. Maybe you still haven't um, grieved or healed properly from that grievance, so you're suffering from that. Maybe you're suffering. There's some area, right? If you are suffering, if you can relate to that, because what the truth is, um, I want us to be able to recognize that we are not alone. And then I know that misery loves company. I don't mean in that way. I mean that sometimes when we are suffering and we're in isolation, the enemy can cause us to believe that we are the only one suffering. And our suffering is due to something that we've done, that somehow we deserve it, that somehow, you know, God has forgotten us. And I want you to be able to look in the chat and see how many other people are willing to admit that they are suffering in some area and they are tired. I'm tired. Yes, I can keep going. Yes, I can press. Yes, I can get through. We are all high achieving women. That's just who I serve. That is who um, that's who is, who is assigned to me for me to lead. I know that y'all are high achieving women. I know that y'all have already overcome a ton of obstacles. And I know that you will get through this and you know that you will get through this. But I think it's so important because we can make it look so good. Like, listen, listen we look good in our suffering. We were so, some of us were so used to suffering through and pushing through. And we just, we counted all joy. Some of us are so saved and sanctified that we won't even allow ourselves to admit that we are suffering in some area of our life. But if you are suffering and you are, uh, brave enough, you have the confidence and the courage, you are bold enough to say, hey, I want you to know that I'm suffering because there's a sister on here who needs to know that she's not alone. That as good as I look, you might be following me on social media. Maybe you know me, maybe you work with me, and it seems like everything is good in the hood, but there is an area of my life where I am suffering. Go ahead and put that there. So I, I appreciate those brave souls who are letting the world know and letting the community know like, yeah, we suffer we still showing up, but we're suffering. Mm, here's the thing. Myself included. Some of the things that we suffer in life are not because of God. Some of them are yes from the enemy. Some of them are yes, we did it to ourselves. Some of you are suffering in areas where you really just need better boundaries. Some of you are suffering in areas where you really just need a system. Some of you are suffering areas where you need to get some professional help, whether it is professionally helping you clean your home and manage your home system, or maybe it is with... Um, A mental health care provider, whether you need a therapist or a counselor or marriage therapy or something like that, or or maybe you need a budget. Some of you are suffering because you need a budget or you need a new job. You need to get trained in something so that you can increase your earning potential. I don't know. But sometimes we're suffering and there is something that we can do about it right now. It's not because God has given it to us. It's not because it's this beautiful thing. It's not that right And so then how can I know if the area where I'm suffering is one that I should take uh, honor in, one that I should be praising God through, praising God for the pain, or is this one that I need to go ahead and put a fence up and put some boundaries? And so as we look at chapter five of Acts, the book of Acts, um, we'll be looking at verses one through 42. As we look at that, I'm going to really spend um, the majority of the time on um, the portion about being worthy of suffering. It's something that they say towards the end and that just, that caught my heart and it caught my mind because I, along with many of you, I'm suffering. There's an area where I'm like, Lord, Father in heaven, how much longer, when, when will my time come? When will the suffering be over? When, when we gonna be done with this? When is this, I know it's the season, And I know it's a reason for the season, but when is this season going to be over, right? And so maybe that's why it's the thing that stuck out to me the most, um, just being able to see how they responded. But before we get into that, let's do the summary, right? So this week, you really should have been focused on chapter five, reading it over and over if you have the dwell app, listening to it over and over, right? Um to get really get familiar with this, but I'm gonna give you a summary. Maybe you're just watching a replay. Maybe you're behind. Maybe you're just joining us for the first time. You, know, you didn't know what we were studying. So um, it starts off with a husband and wife. If you're a wife, drop drop a heart emoji in the chat. If you're a wife, drop a heart emoji in the chat. Shout out to all my wives. What's good, what's good, what's good? If you're a wife, drop a heart in the chat. What's up, wives? So it starts off with a, a man and his wife. Uh, Now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira. So what happens, let me back up a little bit. Let me go actually back to chapter four, verse 36, which we talked about last week. Let me go back to that. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Amen. So that's chapter four, verse 36. And through 37, verse 36 through 37. So we know that all of the uh, believers are all together. The apostles are there with them and it's great and it's awesome. And they're making sure that everybody's needs are taken care of. Now this guy who's there from out of town, Barnabas, also known as Joseph, he comes, he's from out of town. He sells this land and he gives the, the money from the land, all of the money from the land, to the apostles he, so that it can co- go on to continue to take care of the believers who are all together, right? Because that's what they did. The believers share their possessions, they're doing all of that. Now, enter in chapter five Ananias and Sapph- Sapphira. This is on the heels of Joseph selling his land and giving the money to the apostles. So now Ananias has some land. He sells the land. He gets money for the land. He and his wife decide that they're not going to give all the money to the apostles, but that they're going to keep some for themselves. So then Ananias goes to the apostles. He gives the money that he's decided to give from the sale of his land to them. And, and the apostles like, is this all you got? Um... Verse three, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money that you received from for the land? So they decide they sell it. And then the husband and the wife, they decide well, we're not going to give them all of it. We're going to give them some of it. And so just by giving them what they had, what they decided to give right out the gate, Peter's like. How has Satan so filled your heart that you lied to the Holy Spirit? You didn't even lie to us. You lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Here's the kicker in verse four. Did it, didn't it belong to you? I'm reading from the NIV version. Sorry guys, NIV. Uh, Verse four, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. It was their land. It wasn't required for them to sell it. That wasn't a requirement. It wasn't an expectation. Um, We've been reading. um, We've been doing a daily Bible reading Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Check us out. This is why you should be subscribed to the YouTube channel. So you should have your notifications on so that you know what we're doing over here at Bold Faith Community Church. You don't want to miss out on these great opportunities for you to get in your word. So we've been reading the Old Testament, right? We're reading the chronological Bible. Bible reading plan or reading in chronological order. And there's a time um, in Exodus where it's time for them to build something. The people of God are coming together. The children of Israel are coming together and God is telling Moses exactly what they need to bring. They need to give this, 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 and this. They need to do A, B, C, D, and E. They need to do one, two, three, four, five, right? He's telling them exactly what they need to do. This ain't that. Nobody told them they had to sell their land. I wonder what made them sell their land. And so after after Peter says this, Ananias drops dead. People come, take his body away from the camp. Few hours later, feel like SpongeBob. Three hours later, his wife comes and Peter's like, hey, this is this what your husband gave us for the, for the land um, that y'all sold, this all y'all had. And she lies, right? Because they made a plan, they made a pact to stick together. So she lies. She's no idea that her husband's dead and they've taken his body out. And she's like, yeah, that's all. And Peter's like, why did y'all do this? Why did y'all decide to do this? Now the men who took your your husband's body away, you hear them coming. They're going to take your body away too. And then she hits the ground and then they take her body away. They come and they take her body away. And the people have this great fear of the Lord because they hear about this thing That has happened. At that moment, she fell down at his feet. Then the young man came. Verse 11, chapter five, verse 11. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Don't be out here lying. What is so peculiar to me, it just really makes me wonder. What was their motive for selling the land anyway? They could have sold the land. They just wanted to have money in their pocket. They could have sold the land and kept the money for themselves. This was not required of them. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to sell their land. And if they were led to sell their land by the Holy Spirit to give all the money, then you got to follow through with fullness of that, right? I wonder if they decided to sell their land because Barnabas sold that sold his land, people were t- probably talking about how great he was. They called him which means son of encouragement, right? That his name was Joseph. They they called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I wonder if they saw the shine and the excitement and um how people looked at Barnabas. And I wonder if Ananias wanted that same thing for himself. And so then that's why he decided to sell the land. Maybe the Holy Spirit didn't even tell him to sell the land, but he wanted to sell the land. And then he lied about how much he got. Why not just be honest? No, this is not all I got for the land. Like, what was his motive behind doing it? Or maybe the Holy Spirit led him to sell the land. And when the Holy Spirit leads us to do something, we have to do it in its, in, in its fullness. Not keeping some of it for ourselves. Sometimes we make these deals with the Lord. Lord, if you do this, I'm going to give you 10%. Lord, when I do this, I'm going to give you 50%. We make these deals and then we get the thing, but then we don't do what we said we was going to do. Then we don't follow through with what we said we were going to do. We got we to be careful of that. We can't we can't be out here making willing and dealing or hearing from the Holy Spirit, being told to do something and then lying about it and not following all the way through. So I'm not saying that I know which thing happened. I don't know if they felt led by the Holy Spirit to do it or if they were doing it for shine. At any rate, they lied about something they didn't need to lie about. Always makes me wonder, is there an area of my life where I'm struggling, where I am suffering? Um, Are there things that I'm not being honest about? That I don't like sometimes we lie about something and we don't even owe a person an explanation. I don't owe you an explanation. So I'm just going to tell you the truth or I do owe you an explanation. So still, I'm going to tell you the truth. But instead, we lie. We call in sick to work. How many of y'all calling in sick to work, but y'all not sick? Y'all can say I don't feel well. Right. Meaning I don't feel well enough to come to work. I'm not saying I'm sick, but I ain't well enough to put up with y'all today. I feel like that's honest. I will. I'm not coming. I used to call in. I would not say I'm sick. I would say I'm not coming to work today. I'm calling to let you know I'm not coming into work today. Why are you not coming? Um, Because I'm not going to be able to come in. That's it. It don't matter what is what the reason is. I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't I, for whatever reason, I may feel like I don't want to share with them what the real reason is. So I'm just going to say I'm not coming. You ain't got to go to work all the time. Sometimes. Oh, come on, Jesus. Sometimes you said that you were going to do something. You were committed to giving. Man, people will say that they're going to give a certain amount. You know what? I'm going to give you $5,000. You know what? I'm going to give you $10,000. You volunteered that. This is the pledge. I was just talking to one of the ladies uh, this week. She made a pledge to the church. We had our year end um, giving. It, it, we had our year in giving and you could pledge at the campaign. But what the what the system allowed for you to do was to make a pledge. You could pledge $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, whatever. You could pledge whatever you wanted, but you didn't necessarily have to make a payment to be accounted among those who pledge. So if y'all go to the pledge page right now, you'll see that it says, you know, $12,000 pledged. $12,000 might've been pledged, but $12,000 ain't been paid have not been donated, have not been given, right? So maybe you decided, I'm going to pledge a certain amount. This was the decision that you made between you and the Lord. You made your pledge. You got to see that your pledge increased the number, but you haven't followed through yet. And then if I were to ask you, hey, why haven't you followed through? And then you lie to me and say, oh, because I really got the money. You ain't lying to me. You lied to the Lord. Because what do I know about what you got? I I wonder how often we lie to get out of something, something we didn't need to lie to get out of because you're a grown woman. You're a grown man in these streets. I didn't do it why? because I don't want to do it. And maybe I'm wrong for not wanting to do it, but I'm not about to add two wrong. Two wrongs certainly don't make it right. I'm not about to lie about why I did or didn't do something and I was grown enough to do it. I ain't going to have two wrongs. I did the wrong thing and then I lied about it. No, no. I'm going to just do the wrong thing. And then I'm going to be honest about it. If I'm going to do the wrong thing, I'm not going to add insult to injury, which basically is what they did. They kept some of the money for themselves. They colluded. And then the wife lied about it. Why look like, for what? I just wonder where in my life. And I, and it's not because I feel like I'm a liar. I'm dishonest, but I know I'm not perfect. So when I'm in this word and the Lord is revealing people's behaviors, habits, I'm looking at how these people are acting. I'm thinking about how I myself behave. I'm thinking about that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what? Do I act like that? When do I behave like that? Because I want the word to clean my heart. I want it to clean, I want to be, I actually want to be more like Christ. And when you actually want to be more like Christ, then you have to start asking yourself, huh? in what situations am I not being honest? What situations am I telling? A little white lie and what situations am I presenting something that I know isn't true and I don't like there's no reason it's not to save my life it's not to save the lives of others I don't need to lie to you about why I'm not showing up why I'm not doing something immaturity this is what it is spiritually immature and we got to grow up but I, I just wondered about that okay let me continue I know i like I just that just took me right down the rabbit hole because I thought about that over and over like, why? Um, so then after they dropped it, and the whole church is um, seized with fear about these events, and like, oh, great fear. Like, oh my goodness, we're not gonna be out here doing this craziness. Um, after this, you know, the, the the apostles or as this is happening, you know, the apostles continue to perform signs, wonders, miracles. Many people are healed. Um, so much so that they're like they're out in this area. People are coming, people are coming to know Christ. There's so many numbers being added to um to the body of Christ every day, but they're out here doing these signs and wonders, so much so that people are bringing sick people in hopes that their shadow, that the shadow of Peter would fall on them so that they could be healed. That's some serious faith. And so many of them were healed. And the people were excited and the people held them in very high regard, even if the people decided not to join them. Right. Even if the people didn't necessarily decide to join them and live with them and be among them, the people had a lot of respect for them. They admired them. Um, It was clear to them that the power that was on the Messiah, Jesus, was now on these men who were performing these amazing things. acts and miracles and all those things and so somebody gets mad the leaders the sadducees these religious leaders the people who keep the temple they were mad about it so they decided to snatch them up and throw them in a public jail right they're so mad they want to kill them but they've decided to they can't kill them out in the public like that so they decided to lock them up put them in in jail and they're gonna you know make them go before the court or whatever but an angel comes in the middle of the night and frees them. Not only does the angel free them, the angel frees them and says, get back to work. get back to work. So they go back out teaching and preaching. So now it's time for this hearing and they're all gathered. The leaders are all gathered. And so they send somebody to go pick up, you know, Peter and John. And guess what? They come back to report. Those men y'all talking about, they, they not there. They not, in, they not in the jail. And they're like, what? They're like, yeah, the guards are still there. It's still locked, but we can't find the, the men. Then somebody comes from another area and is like, you know where they at? They out there preaching and teaching. they doing what they've been doing. So somebody goes and gets them and brings them before the Sanhedrin and, um, They're like, didn't we tell y'all to stop doing this? Didn't we already tell y'all not to be preaching in the name of Jesus? And again, Peter speaks boldly. He's like, yeah, but we're not going to listen to y'all. Do y'all think it is better for us to listen to God or to listen to y'all? Who do y'all think God wants us listening to? And y'all, we definitely not listening to y'all because y'all are the same ones who, you know, captured Jesus and and had him crucified and who y'all buried, but God raised him up and we are not going to stop saying what we're saying. We're not going to do it. And so they are so pissed that these men will not bow down, that they are not afraid, that they won't stop talking about Jesus, that they decide that they want to kill them. But there's another man, Gamia, who's like, "Mm, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's let's let them sit. Let's talk about this for a minute. He's like, there have been lots of people who have come through here lying, come through here saying that they somebody, trying to lead the people astray. And then when they got killed, their people, you know, um, those people, their number dwindled. Right. There were men who came before spouting off about their deity and how great they were and that they were the son of God. And when that person was killed, their numbers went down. There was another person. y'all. So it reminds me of two people. There was another person over there when they they said something and they were, you know, they were killed. Their people, their numbers, their followers went down, too. But with this situation, who knows, we might find ourselves fighting against God himself. Verse 38, therefore, in, this, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. This is a man who thought, like, I've been around, I've seen this, I've seen people come in the name of God before, and when they were killed, their numbers, <coughs> excuse me, went down. Jesus, the Messiah, was killed. We've seen it. In these verses, in these chapters, chapters one through four, guess what? Jesus was killed, who claimed to be coming in the name of God, and the number of his followers continued to increase. This man is saying maybe he, maybe Jesus wasn't like the others. And maybe we should leave these men alone because if this man, Jesus, is not like the others in the sense that when he died, Excuse me, when he died, his numbers, the number of followers of his increased unlike the others, this might really be from God. And if it's not, and if these men are in the wrong, and guess what? If it's of human origin, it'll die down on its own. But I think we should lead these people along. And so his speech persuaded them. They decided to flog them, to beat them, basically. And then um, release them. And so they're flogged. And when they are released, they are released Praising God. Um let's read verse 40. This is chapter 5 verse 40. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day In the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. (coughs) Even with the beating, even with all of that, right, they still didn't stop, still didn't stop, continue. That part, they had been counted worthy, they left rejoicing. They left praising God because they had been counted worthy of suffering, disgrace for the name, capital N, name of Jesus. Right. Love it. That's the part that stuck with me. And that's the part I promise you I'm going to get back to. But as we always do, we kind of go through like, what can we see in the scriptures? What can we see here in chapter five? Um, you are not when you are lying to the people of God, when you are lying concerning the things of God, you are not lying to people. You are lying to God and there will be grave consequences. We can see that lying to the Holy Spirit, lying, it's not about lying to people. You're not lying to these people. You are lying to the Spirit. And and lying to the Spirit comes with grave consequences. We also can see that the Messiah's power is on the apostles. They could do great things. Jesus said, these things I've done, you will do in greater. And that was true for these apostles. The things that Jesus did, um, raising people from the dead, we know that Tabitha was raised from the dead, the things that they, maybe we haven't gotten there yet, but the things that they've done, you know, raising people from the dead, healing people, delivering people, we can see that they did these. These are the things that Jesus did and now they have that same power. It's not because they are God, it's because the power of God rests on them. It's the power of God that allows them, it's the Holy Spirit working through them that allows them to do it. We also see, again, that there's a cost to following Christ. There is a cost to following Christ. There's a cost to not following Christ. You have to decide what you're willing to spend. You have to decide which thing is worth the cost. Is this thing that I'm getting, is it worth the cost that I'm going to have to pay? Nobody can decide that for you. It is an individual choice, but I want to let you know today there is a cost to following Christ. We can see this, this idea that if I'm following Christ, if I'm one with the Lord, that I'm not going to suffer, that I'm not going to be rejected, that there's no risk, that things aren't going to be taken from me, that I can't lose things, people, relationships, position, stature that that's not going to happen. That's just not true. And we see it again this week. I can also see this week that it's not about their comfort, but it's about their calling. Right? The pain that they suffer, their ability to rejoice It's not about their comfort, it's about their calling. So what are some of the lessons that we can take away from here? Be honest in your dealings with God. Be honest. Be honest about what you have to give, about what you're capable of giving, about the promises that you've made and broken. God, I know I said that when I started this job, I was going to give 10% to the church, but I just don't have the right to do it. Lord, please help me Lord, I know that I said when I got married It would be for better or for worse But I didn't realize that the worst was going to be like this And so, honey, Lord, Jesus, help me I'm getting ready to leave this man Lord, I know I said I would be a good sort of my money That if you gave me more money That I would do good things with it And I haven't given to one charity I haven't done one I haven't supported anybody I haven't um, sponsored anyone I haven't done anything And Lord, I know that you've given me this increase And I told you, Lord, if you would bless the work of my hands That I would use this And so now, they'll, like, be honest right? It's time for us to be honest with, be honest in our dealings with God. God, I don't have it. I know I did have it, but I spent it or I gave it away or I was too afraid. Be honest in your dealings with God. I feel frustrated. I feel like whatever. It's no need in lying. It's no need in lying. Uh, another lesson that we can take away from this is that you have the power to do amazing things. That's a lesson. That's that's something that you need to know. you believer of God, You follow of of Christ, you have the power through the Holy Spirit to perform miracles in your home, in your life, in your community, in your journey, in your calling. You have that power because it is the power of the Holy Spirit, which God has given to every believer, that allows us to do things that we could never do on our own. It allows us to perform miracles to heal others, to teach and preach with boldness, to witness, to forgive, to show hospitality, to serve and support. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do that. You also have to understand that because of the Holy Spirit in your life working, allowing you to do these amazing things, sometimes other people are gonna be jealous. They're gonna be jealous of what you are able to do they're going to be jealous of what you've been able to accomplish, right? And, and some of these are going to be people in power. Some of these are going to be people in positions or with titles above yours. This person has the title of um, of being a manager or a supervisor, but they jealousy you and you just don't understand. Why are you jealous of me? You don't want making make it all the money. You don't want in charge with all the influence. Sometimes it's going to be a parent, someone who's in a position of honor. They jealous, they met. Sometimes it's gonna be an older sibling. Sometimes it's gonna be a spouse. They don't understand how it is that you're able to do all of these things. Sometimes it's gonna be somebody from the community, somebody in a great position of power, great standing. In society, and you just do not understand. Like, why are they so mad? Why are they mistreating me? They are jealous. It is it's the power of God operating in and through your life. They can see that there's something different about you. That's why they mad, friend. Friend, that's why they mad. And if you didn't have the Lord, you would be mad too. There's this song. Um, who's it by? I don't know who it's by. She's I can see her little face. She's a cute, girl. I think she's got like red hair, she's kind of chunky a little bit um and she has a song lyric that says um if I was you if I was you I'd be jealous of me too if I was you I'd want to be me too that's what she says if I was you I'd want to be me too I want to. y'all know that song too I want to be it's not Christian it's not gospel if I was you I want. <sighs> it was just rude it's rude what she's saying it's rude what she's saying but I understand If I were a person who didn't know God looking at my life and I know God and what God has done through my life, I want to be me too. You're right, girl. I want to be me too if I was you and I know the Lord and I know that I had, I could, that I was the child of the most high God. I want to be me too, too. It makes sense, right? Not even from a place of being egotistical, I think it's weird when it comes from believer, you know, from believer to believer. But sometimes these people that don't know Christ, they're in these positions of power, but they don't know who they are. They struggling with their own self-esteem, with their own self-worth. So they jealous of what you've been able to do because of the God who lives in you. And when we have an opportunity to speak to those people, to speak to people who are accusing us, who are uh, persecuting us, we need to be able to speak directly to the problem. We need to be able to speak directly to the issue when we are given the opportunity to do so. Peter was given the opportunity to speak his case. He did not mince words. He said what he said. Um, we gave you da da Verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. He's talking to them once again. Every time they give him the mic, he's like, is this thing on? I'm going to speak to you directly. We're not about to listen to you. We're about to listen to God. Now, what y'all did, y'all was wrong. Y'all killed the Messiah, the same Messiah that God raised from the dead, the God of our ancestor who raised him from the dead. And right now it's honoring him and allowing us to be here. And it's also made us witnesses to it. And the Holy Spirit is also a witness to this. So the Lord did that so that y'all can repent. So let's get at it. Speaking directly, he didn't mince words, he didn't act like, Oh, I'm not really sure if this is, a... he spoke directly to the problem. What we can see about God here is that there is nothing that can stop a move of God. You've been called to do something for God, you've been set on a mission. There isn't anything that can stop a move of God. And when we come up against opposition, we can choose to praise God when we are suffering for His sake. That's something that we can choose to do but how do i know this is what i want to leave you with how do i know if this suffering that i'm going through is from the lord is this suffering Is this some type of suffering that i should be praising god for should i be grateful for this suffering or am i suffering i shouldn't be suffering maybe i should get out while i still can't you know what i mean how can i tell which is which because there are people who suffered ananias and his wife it's not because of the sake of god right it's not it's not something that you know they weren't even able to celebrate but it's not something they could celebrate right Let me show you the difference or not even the difference. Let me show you what, what is here. Right. Peter and John, they accepted an assignment from God. They accepted an assignment from God. This was not an assignment that man gave them. This was not an assignment that they gave themselves because they were trying to be strategic and figure out, you know, what their calling was or what their purpose was. And they could see that other people were being successful in this. And so then they chose that. No, they accepted an assignment that was given to them by God. God said, here's the assignment. They said, we accept. That's the first thing. They accepted the assignment that was from God. The question you might want to ask yourself is, this place where I'm suffering, I want you to think about the place where you're suffering, not all the areas of your life. I really want us to think about the suffering. I want you to bring back to the forefront of your mind, this place, this area where you're suffering. Have you accepted the assignment from God or was is this an assignment that somebody else gave you? Have you accepted this assignment from God? Right. Then the second thing I want you to consider um, is that they were operating out of obedience to God. What they were doing in their assignment they were doing in obedience to God. So I've accepted the assignment as wife. So I'm a wife. And if the suffering that I'm experiencing is a result of my operating out of obedience to God and submitting to my husband operating out of obedience to God and remaining in my marriage operating out of obedience to God and allowing him to lead or being a quiet and gentle spirit if my suffering is as a result of that then I'm still in alignment with Peter and John right because I'm operating out of obedience to God is what you're doing maybe you've accepted the assignment But is the trouble tied to your obedience or is it tied to your attitude? Is it tied to your inconsistency or is it tied to your commitment to the word of God? Right? Like, what is this trouble? I'm in trouble because I can't keep my mouth shut. Is God telling me to run my mouth or is it just my own attitude? The third thing is they understood that their circumstances weren't about their comfort, but it was about their calling. One of the things I hear all the time is God wouldn't want you to suffer, which literally goes against long suffering. And uh, in this world, you will have trouble. You will suffer. They rejected you. They rejected me. So they will reject you. Like, I don't know where people are getting that from. But it's often the thing that we hear that God wouldn't want us to suffer. God would not want you to suffer on that job. God wouldn't want you to suffer in that marriage. God wouldn't want you to suffer in in that you know, um, business, God wouldn't want you to be suffering. No, God does not want that. God don't want you to suffer. Who said that? Who told you? Who told y'all that? We all got that from is they understood that the circumstances, it's not about your comfort. Christ died on the cross, not so you could be comfortable child. No, that's not why he died. He didn't die on the cross so that you could be comfortable. He didn't redeem you to himself so you can be comfortable. He redeemed you to himself so that you could do the work that he created you to do. For the work He preordained for you, that's what the Word of God tells us. We are God's uh, handiwork, which He made through cross on the cro- cross, through Christ on the cross, right? For the work, so He could save us for the work that He had predestined us for, preordained us to. He didn't do this for your comfort. Your marriage is not about your comfort. Your finances is not about you being comfortable. Your business is not about you being comfortable. It's about your calling. Which sometimes calling and comfort don't go hand in hand. There are seasons where certainly there's some comfort in your calling. But please don't think that your calling is defined by your comfort level. It is not. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Your calling is not defined by your comfort level. That's not what it is. Well, this is definitely my calling because I'm so comfortable here. No. The circumstance and the situation that you're in, it's got nothing to do with whether or not you're comfortable. It's got everything to do with you being on your post, in your calling. And because they recognize I accepted this assignment and I am determined to operate from a place of obedience. I understand that my situation is not about me being comfortable, but it's about people coming to know Christ. They were able to look at their pain and that was a point of praise for them. They actually got beat and walked away from it, rejoicing that God had found them worthy of suffering. Have you been found worthy of suffering? Has he chosen you? Has he chosen you to be in that marriage? Has he chosen you to be in that ministry? Has he chosen you to do with that, to do that with your money? Suffering, are you suffering because of Christ? Are you suffering because of obedience? Are you suffering because of your post? I'm under attack because I'm standing in the post that God has given me. I'm on, they're able to attack me because they realize that I have committed to doing and being who God has called me to be. And no matter what comes, no matter what goes, I know that the Lord loves me and I'm gonna stay right here and do this thing. I recognize that these welts on my back are a place for me to worship God because these welts came because. Because I refuse to waver from the way that God has called me to live. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Sometimes it's time for us to clap and rejoice. I know I keep saying I'm going to say it to you because the Lord keeps saying it to me. It's time for us to grow up. We are not new Christians. Some of y'all are new to Christ and right now you're new to Christ. So the Lord is keeping you and protecting you. And you ain't really going through anything because he's getting your faith muscle. Some of y'all have been fighting this fight for a minute. Some of y'all have been following Christ for a minute. And you're like, okay, God, I've been in this thing for a long time. When it's going to be over? The Lord is saying grow up. Grow up, stop complaining about the suffering that you are doing because you've decided to say yes to the call in your life. Stop complaining about the suffering that you're doing because you've decided to be obedient to God and see that God is calling you worthy of suffering. He is He is seeing you and He knows who you are. It puts me in the mind of Job. He said He told the enemy, Go ahead and test Job. I know that Job is worthy of suffering. He's saying, Go ahead and test courage. I know that courage is worthy of suffering. He's saying, Go ahead and 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 test vena i know that vena is worthy of suffering i know who my daughters are i know who i can trust with suffering i know who gonna stand strong i know who not gonna fall short i know who's gonna continue to lean on me who's gonna fall to me who's gonna come to me in their time of suffering who's gonna recognize that the reason they are suffering is for my name's sake and that they're going to be more added to the number because of how they respond these are the women who have made a decision some of you i have not been counted worthy of suffering just because you haven't made the decision to use your pain as a as a point to praise from some of you haven't made that decision right and I know this is a hard pill to swallow it is a difficult point to preach that some of you are suffering because God is deemed you as worthy. I wonder if we could praise God right now. I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a woman who recognizes in this moment that God has called me to suffer in this season. That I'm being I, I, the Lord has seen me as being worthy of suffering. I'm not being punished. This is not about fairness. This is not about my comfort. This is not about this is not about whether or not I'm worthy of comfort and blessings and things of that. But the fact that I'm suffering is a blessing because God knows that he can trust me. Is there anybody out there that wants God to to know that he can trust you is there anybody out there that says God you have done so much for me God I want you to know that you can trust me because if God knows he can trust you when things are down then he knows he can trust you when things are up so it's easy for us to trust and follow and stay committed when things are easy that's why some of us want to run away from our marriage I said what I said it's easy to stay to stay committed to the covenant. It's easy to stay committed to the vows that I made when everything is going the way that I want it to. When my husband is leading the way that God has called him to, when he's preaching and teaching the word, when he's covering his children, when he's able to hold me up, support me and provide for me. It's easy to stay married. In all situations. It's easy to stay committed to the covenant. Yes, it's easy to stay committed to the covenant when people aren't out on these streets trying your life. It's easy, it's easy to co- stay committed to following God and doing things the way that God has told you to when ain't nobody bothering you, when your money is right. It's easy to stay committed to the covenant and to the calling when your money is right. It's easy to continue tithing then when your bills are paid, it's easy to tithe. Friends. It's easy to, it's easy to talk. When I got money left over, it's easy to do that. I got enough money coming in. Boop, 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 I'm going to get a lord 10% and I still got more than enough. It's easy to continue to do that. It's easy to follow Christ. When the thing that I love, the thing that I want to do is in the will and the way of God. It's easy for me to, um, for me to stay committed, sexually speaking, because I'm still attracted to my husband. It becomes a little bit more difficult when things are tough, it becomes a little bit more difficult when I'm single. It becomes a little bit more difficult when my finances are tight and they ain't looking right. It becomes a little bit more difficult when my husband is not leading like a godly man. It becomes a little bit more difficult to stay to the stay committed to the covenant. But aren't you glad? Can I get anybody to clap their hands? Can I get anybody to give an amen? Aren't you glad that when the covenant that God made to redeem us to him led Christ to the cross, that Christ stayed committed? How many of you are glad that God stayed committed to the covenant he made to redeem his people to himself so that we would not know eternal damnation? Do you understand what I'm saying? Even at the cost of his only begotten son, how many of you are glad that Christ stayed committed to the call in his life, even when he was called to the cross, that he was worthy of suffering for the people who God loved, for the people who turned their back on God, for the people who showed their behind to God, for the people who act like, They know better than God because they are scientists and got degrees and are doctors and they've had some success. Aren't you glad to know that God still stayed committed to the covenant that he made, even when it meant sending his son to the crucifixion? I'm so glad that Christ stayed committed to his call. Christ was called to the cross. Do you understand? To suffer indeed. God saw Jesus as worthy of suffering we want to be like christ but we don't want to be counted worthy of suffering it's impossible for us to be like christ and not have some suffering in our lives the word of god says we have to pick up our cross and follow him what does that mean you think picking up that cross wasn't suffering stop there was suffering there suffering so now when we have the right mindset We have the right perspective. We have the right point of view. We've gotten a revelation from the word of God. Now, instead of posturing myself like somebody who is in trouble all the time, instead of posturing myself like somebody who God has forgotten, every time I feel a little pain from my suffering, I can allow that to lead me to praising God. It can spur me on in praising God and worshiping him because I realize that this pain is because God sees me as worthy where the world has thrown me out, the world has rejected me. The world has made me feel like I am not enough. God says, not only are you enough, honey, but you are worthy to suffer for me because I know I can depend on you. People out here acting like they can't depend on you. They don't know if they can rely on you, but the Lord is saying that he can rely on you. That's why you're suffering. There are people, if they had to go through what you are going through, they would end their marriage. If they had to go through what you were going through, they wouldn't give the church another dime. If they had to go through what you are going through, they would stop what they Doing And they would fill out somebody's application. They would start sending some resumes and get back on somebody's job because they educated just like you. There's no way they would continue to suffer for the call that God has placed on their life. No, they wouldn't do it. But God has seen that you are worthy of suffering rejoice in that and i'm not saying that from a person who ain't suffering friends i'm trying to tell you my god today your girl has got got some suffering of her own your pastor got some suffering of her own but when i read that and i heard that this week i was like come on jesus you think i'm worthy of suffering you know you sometimes i don't think that i'm dependable i don't know that i can continue to show up come on jesus how many of you doubt yourself? How many of you are not sure if you are worthy of the suffering? How many of you are not sure that whether or not you're going to break under it? Come on, somebody. But to realize that God himself who sits high and who can see me, God, who knows all things, who knows how tough it's going to get between now and my promised land, that that same God who knows how tough it's going to get before I get a breakthrough. He has said, girl, I know you are made of the right stuff. You are, you are worthy. You're not going to buckle under this burden. Come on, somebody. Like, do you know how the Lord sees? I'm worthy of the suffering. I wonder if I got anybody that will praise the Lord for that. Somebody that will praise the Lord for that. Let me tell you something. Suffering ain't gonna miss none of us. We all gonna suffer, baby. They say the, do- the 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 sun shines on the dogs behind on a good day too. Even the sun shines on the dogs behind, right? It rains on the just and the unjust alike. So guess what? We all gonna suffer. But baby, some of us are suffering with no cause. No, re- no cause, no, no recourse, no. No light at the end of the tunnel. We're gonna suffer in this life and the next to come, in the life to come. Not me, not me. So maybe you have been suffering, but maybe you've been suffering and you don't know Christ. I can't promise you, I'm not gonna tell you that by coming to know Christ, That means that all your suffering, the present situation that you are in right now is going to be over. I can't tell you that. I don't know what you're suffering from or or how long it's going to last. I can't speak to that. But what I can tell you is that there's going to come a time where God is going to call us home. And what determines whether or not you will suffer in the next life is what you do in this life as it relates to salvation. And so if you don't know the Lord, Um, If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you like to accept him as your Lord and Savior right now, I invite you to say this prayer with me. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me, and for giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Listen, if you said it, you believe it, that's it, that settles it. I'm going to welcome you into the family of God. If this is your first time saying that prayer, welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to hear from you. You can go to praise at boldfaithchurch.org so that we can gather around you. Somebody from the core team is going to connect with you and help get you plugged in. Now, y'all know that it's not over Go ahead to bit.ly slash BoldFaithChurch so that you can join us for the life group. We're going to have a discussion. We're going to talk about our assignments, the obedience. Have we? Are we worthy of suffering? What areas has God called us to suffer in? And what areas do we need to set up some boundaries so we can eliminate that suffering? We got enough suffering attached to our calling. We don't need to be adding no extra. Okay. Can't wait to see you on the inside. I love y'all. Come on in now that's so country right it's okay it's fine see you on the inside if this episode has blessed you be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing if you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that god has called us to do you can give at boldfaithchurch.org be sure to connect with us on instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at courage melina thanks so much be sure to catch the next episode right here